today on Gifted Autonomy. We're talking creative empowerment, purpose, and collaboration with your feelings and your concerns. Be gifted. Be enlightened. Be a part of Gifted Autonomy. Welcome to another episode of Gifted Autonomy, where our goal is to let underrepresented creatives shine in a safe place. Today, we're here with another amazing interview. We have visual artist Erica Latrice joining Larry and I. We actually met Erica a couple of years ago at an art gallery, and we both loved her work so much, so we definitely knew we wanted to have her on the show. She's been featured on various media outlets and in art exhibits throughout the region. And I know you guys are very excited to hear more, so we'll jump right into our interview. Erica, are you with us? Good morning. Yes, I'm here. Good morning. We're glad to have you. And I'll shoot it off to my co-host for his his first questions. Glad to have you here, Erica. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I remember when I first seen your work at uh, 2500 Studio Gallery, and I cannot remember the name of the painting, but it was the girl, she was getting her hair done. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so that was um, No Curls Allowed. No Curls Allowed, yes. I like the right. in that piece. Yeah, so right. To start off, can you uh, give us a little background of yourself and what inspires you to be an artist? Sure. So I am a, I'm a native of Birmingham by way of Fairfield, Alabama. So I'm South born and raised, but I'm definitely someone who is uh, appreciative of different cultures, right? So I spent a lot of time growing up traveling um, as well as, you know, going to school like we all have, I'm sure, <clears throat> working and I still work in the healthcare field today, but I found myself always doodling like as a child and I was introduced to painting around the age of 13 by a local artist in Birmingham and it's funny like how you are you know your podcast is focused on underrepresented creatives and this was a very very uh, very talented artist at the time um, still to this day so I had some informal classes um, around the age of 13 and and I left art alone. I just, you know, got caught up in being a teenager, right? So I didn't get back to the even idea and the love of art and the appreciation and the desire until I was uh, in my late 30s. And this was back in 2013. And it was due to the death of my father. And I just, for some reason, just decided to pick the paintbrush back up and it was very therapeutic and I shouldn't say some reason I felt led to do that to be honest um like more of a spiritual kind of push so that's kind of what dove me back into it and then it's just kind of been uh what is the overall message that um you would want to say through your work what's your overall message <sighs> That's I always try to answer that one and it seems like it changes <laughs> um, from year to year. But I, if I could just maybe sum it up, I am trying to convey that 
being black is to be celebrated. Um, just being black, there are many layers to the essence of black culture. You know, telling our stories, the good and the bad, the ones that we need to hear and the ones that other shit are. Also, yeah. that dreaming state away can also take you away, take you away from the problem as well as like an escapism kind of thing. Away. Exactly. Yeah. So, but um, why do you feel that black art is important? So, for me, I have to let me throw this out here. Right when I first dove into art, I think I was more caught up in you know once I got excited again. I was about art in general because I just love, like, no matter what you are, if you're a singer, songwriter, like, I have a love for the arts um, in, in their different modalities. So I said, okay, as a visual artist, if I'm going to try to do this and be serious about it, I don't want to be put in a box. You know, we have that, you know, that sense of freedom you want and need. And I didn't want anyone calling me a black artist. And, and I, a lot of people say, why don't you just focus on black art? And I was like, I don't want to be put in a box. I want to be able to do and be creative. Well, I, I ended up even gravitating towards that because how can I not uh, focus on that as a black woman in today's society when I'm very connected to the things that we're going through? And I want to express that. So why not tell it through my art? And why not respect my culture in that you know sense and give us somewhere to go to be celebrated or give us somewhere where I can lend a voice to those who don't have the voice yet to say what they want to say or, you know, feel what they need to feel. So I gravitated then and I, I embraced that. And I feel like it's very important. The more I focused on it and the more I only painted black art, I found out how difficult it is to really get black art to be appreciated or be seen in these art spaces that we would like to be in and respecting in, you know, in the industry. There are certain types of art, in my opinion, depending on what uh, region you're in. I would say Birmingham has a budding art community, you know, happening now or in the past two years. But black art is definitely still not one of them. And that's my opinion. I mean, if you have a certain type of art and you're a black artist that does certain types of art, Right, it'll get you right in the door in some of these galleries. But just straight up, in your face, blunt, black art and telling a story. And to me, that proves the point that this message is being conveyed. But why is it that you don't want to embrace it? So this is something that needs to be told. If it's bothering you, that's what art does. It should make you uncomfortable. It may disturb you. It gets you it's supposed to connect to you in some way and that's for you to deal with, right? Um, so I think it's important because basically as, as our black culture is constantly being downplayed, I think, you know, our history is being whitewashed. We're always being exploited in some form or fashion. So the art can tell the true story. It's truth over facts. Because facts can obscure the truth, depending on, you know, who's writing the facts. So the media, we have to control our own narrative. That's what black art can do. And you cannot, you can't compete with it. Like if I put it in your face, 
What are you going to, an image can last and make a, a an everlasting impression. A sidewalk, I don't know where it was. I don't know if it was in this country or or another country, but it was, a, it was a square on the sidewalk. And the guy, like, this is an invisible statue. What? Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. sold for, like, I don't know. It, I'm telling it did. you. Yeah. I saw that. I saw an article, and I think we're just in the wrong place. Like, at this point, <laughs> yeah, it's right. almost, you know, it's lightweight disrespectful. Like, oh, okay. So I'm going to put in all this time, but he can he can stand here next to the air. Yeah, all the world was a black square in on the world. Okay. Mm. Um, so, Vanessa uh, is. Um, I want to know how, as an artist, like when you're creating, and you know, of course, there are times where we struggle with. Uh, I guess it could be within the process or trying to get started, or sometimes you feel like, like something just zap your talent away, or you know, your ability to be able to create. So, how do you? How do you get over artist blocks? I think the biggest hurdle for me is when I learn that I'm not present. Um, so I had to make it a lifestyle practice of being present. You know, making sure I'm in the moment. My head is not constantly somewhere else, like planning what I got to do next week, what's on the calendar. Oh, you know, just remembering something that happened in the past. You're not making room to, for, in my opinion, for God to download anything into you. Like, I think my images I get, they are a part of me. You know, things I feel or how I've responded to something I've seen or heard. But the image that comes to me, I think, is a divine um, download, so to speak. Like, God, to me, puts it together. And I'm like, oh, Okay. Maybe that's how I can see that. When I'm not present or if I'm not connected, you know, I'm just not spending time in devotion like I used to and things like that. I definitely have artist blocking. So I try to get back to those things, those daily regimens or, you know, just making note of, okay, Eric, you look disconnected right now. Yeah. Like, your process in creating art like what's your process like like how you set up where you go through or you know how you get inspired and so what's your process when it comes to in the midst of creating uh it's definitely a zone you know i guess similar i don't know i'm not an athlete but you know how they say they get in the zone when they're training and are they they're ready to execute or you know whoever whatever they're doing i have to I have to have an ambiance, so to speak. <laughs> and there has to be a feeling, you know. I have to create my mood. And so I'll have my candles set up. Um, definitely music. Music is so powerful. I think we really take that for granted in this, you know, world. Like how powerful that can be. You're constantly repeating words over and over. But... I play certain types of music and it can go. I have a range, honey. It will go from gospel to trap <laughs> to old school blues. I will. I play a lot of different things while I paint. Um, but sometimes, depending on what the painting is about, I'll try to focus on that type of music. 
just to kind of enhance my mood as I'm creating, you know, and, and give a feel into the picture. Because um, it can sway you, like, while I'm feeling something because the music is, you know, got me in my feelings right now, and I'm painting a picture about love, I may end up, you know, switching up the whole image because I'm starting to connect to the image as I'm painting. And then, you know, it sways you and you go a different direction sometimes. And I call those happy accidents or, you know, just, oh, okay, let's redirect. Um, lighting is definitely important. And I can't be disturbed when I paint. I'm one of those people. Now, if I really am in a zone, and then I can keep going for hours. Like sometimes I'll just start at nine o'clock at night, just getting started. And then when you get in that zone, I can paint for hours on the end. So, yes. I'm like that as well. I, had, I yeah. used to have to set alarms to remind myself to eat. <laughs> right. Because I, yeah, because I, I will not move. And sometimes like my wife, uh, actually she's cooking or something. And she'd be like, okay, food ready. I have to find a way to put this brush down. Because yes. it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's no joke. And then I'm doing it. And then that's out right. And then that's mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you feel like you got to do it. Yeah, like when you're right at it, you feel like if I don't do it right now, it's not going to come out the way I, I know it can. Oh man, to actually leave it and it ain't where you want it, it's, it's in the back of your mind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh goodness, Larry. It's, oh, that can be so nerve wrecking. And bless your heart, Ashley, if you have to know it. You just gotta keep this man fed. And you sitting here like, I just don't understand how you sitting there just gonna wither away with a child you have to eat. And I get it, Larry. It's like a struggle. Like Ash, I want a bite the sandwich, but I just don't know. You just understand. <laughs> this one struggle. <laughs> it is. What, what is your um? Uh, let's see. What is your biggest challenge uh in your journey as an artist? As an artist, what is your biggest challenge? Or you know, if you already have been through your biggest challenge, what what was that? So I narrowed it down to two. Um, at one point, which I'm happy to now say I think I've overcome this one. So in the beginning, me getting started back into art, and I basically was teaching myself all over again. So those two or three lessons I had, you know, at 13, I had to just teach myself how to paint all over again. So I'm watching videos, um, reading books, and just trying it out. And you know, you look at other people's work because I'm trying to learn. And the more I was doing that, that comparison, you know, spirit was coming in there and I'm like, um, I, 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 let me stop. You know, I can't do this. Why, why did I think I could jump back into this? And I dealt with that for the first few years. And it was hard because it would just discourage me to try something new or try a painting. Um, and it took me a long time to get a painting done because that was the biggest battle. It wasn't that it took me a long time to draw what I was drawing. I just was struggling with, oh, I just drew that and it don't look good. Oh, you know, I'm looking at this picture in the book and it's not even near that. I can't do it. So I finally got over that because, you know, comparison is just a thief of joy, right? And we've heard that term, but 
I couldn't focus on, I'm looking at the outcome of other people's work, but not, you know, keeping in mind, they weren't born with that skill set. They put in the time and the work and the effort to get to the level that they're at, that I'm looking at. So I need to just put in the work, be consistent, practice, you know, train my eyes, just do those things and just don't worry about how good it is and trying to get to that level immediately. Um, so that helped me, but I still struggle with consistency. And that's due to me trying to be full on into this art. I'm also a full-time uh, professional in the healthcare field. I'm also now back in grad school and it's just a lot to um, balance and it's definitely stifling the creativity. You know, when you've got all these exams and tests and I have a new job and it's more demanding and I'm on call a lot. By the time, child, I just want to have, you know, something to ease my mind when I go home and just lay down. So I'm working on that. I'm working on the consistency. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, so I'll, I, the question, the premise, the questions I'm going to ask, um, I know a lot of creatives listening to this now, you know, are inspired by just your story and like your, your wealth of knowledge and your experiences. Even when you were talking about staying in a creative zone, when you have, you know, like other obligations um, myself, I'm a, I'm a writer, I'm an author, and I put out a book last year, and it's actually supposed to be a trilogy. <laughs> so Ooh. I've dedicated, you know, I've told people this. <laughs> I've done interviews, so it's like, okay, well, I'm committed to making these other two books, you know, to succeed this one. But it's just like, like you were saying, like, when am I going to dedicate this time? Because, you know, it's stuff that Larry and I are trying to do. Um, we love doing the podcast to feature um, creatives for, for, for this purpose to be inspired. And then also like, like you, I have a, a full-time job. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, you really have to think about why you started, you know, and mm -hmm. that this is your peace of mind, you know, <laughs> to get right. back to that creative zone. So I, I felt you on that. <laughs> and that's one of the questions I had for you. Like, how do you protect your peace of mind in a creative zone with all that I just said, but then also with the news, I don't know if you, you really keep up with the news, but with all the kind of the chaotic aspects going on in life itself, and then your personal things you have going on and then still being able to stay in a creative zone. So how do you go about doing that successfully? Ooh, Ashley, you just opened up a whole can of worms on that one. <laughs> because... Uh, with all of that, add being black to it, you know, oh, yeah. so I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, first of all, as a human being, when you find peace, however you find that for your life, for me, it is a divine connection, right? However you find that, once you have that, I feel like it's the most valuable thing you can ever own. Because it brings to you a, a sense of foundation, a contentment, and something that grounds you no matter what's happening around you. 
or it's, it's easy to bring yourself back down, right? Not get caught up um, or overwhelmed when things are happening in life. So when I feel something kind of tapping into that sense of peace or that grounding that I have, or I'm losing myself in, um, you know, news we've gotten about who's been shot or, you know, cases that are happening there where there's injustice and just even local stories that you hear about people people being mistreated and of course in you know systemic racism and how we grew up learning this and knowing this especially in the south so that's a long time feeling you're having and connecting with but you gotta be we didn't have social media either right not you know as i was a child i didn't i think we might be all close in age but I think now it's so in your face and you're just bombarded with this, these images and the stories and more of them to me are negative than positive, depending on, you know, what you choose, what outlet. You got to pull, you got to unplug is what I've, I found that I need to do. I need to stay connected. So it's, it's like a catch 22, right? As an artist, I feel like I can't tell a good story unless I know what's happening. So I'm trying to stay connected so I can really, you know, execute whatever I feel or be inspired by it in some way. And t- but tell it, you know, in its truth. But then I can only stay connected so long before it's taking a toll on my mental and, and spiritual health. So it's finding that balance because I can't stay that connected to where it's tapping into my own peace. And I'm saying I can't even sleep at night or it's wearing on my mind and I'm starting to feel something like I'm getting angry all the time. You know, I can't be walking around with that, that in me. And then I won't even create in the best way if I, if I'm feeling that way. So, um, I try to, I try to, Unplug when I need to. That's how I try to maintain the peace and you know keep my creative space going. Definitely, and and we've had other people on the show that pretty much said the same thing. You know, yeah. they have to disconnect. If that means getting off Facebook, which I did that for a while, like I don't know, like in January, because I mm-hmm. wanted to prepare for some stuff that I was working on. You know, and you you think you don't need. I mean, you think that you need Facebook, but I was actually pretty content just not being on Facebook because I wasn't promoting anything at the time because I was preparing for like this podcast. Um, so, you know, that sometimes, like you said, that's what you need to kind of disconnect from life because it, it does pop up in your face. Like literally everything I know about local news pops up in my face on Facebook. So if, if it's a murder, <laughs> it's popping up in my face on Facebook, like no matter what I follow. So, um, yeah, definitely disconnecting. I agree with that. Speaking about locally, um, because you kind of mentioned that, and it's always things that I think a city can do better to support, like, the art community. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to ask you, like, ideally, what type of events would you like to see more of locally to support kind of underrepresented artists and, and creatives? So... This has been a dream of mine, right? It's part of the reason why I decided to get my business degree um, and going back to school. I don't see where we are celebrating our um, 
creatives, like you were saying, black culture, like we used to have back in the days, the Black Heritage Festival. Um, we have some similar events, I think now, but not as frequent as they used to be. And they're not heavily promoted or sponsored, you know, getting as much um, sponsorship as they used to. So I want to get back to something that shows the history of Birmingham, but, you know, especially um, how the black community helped to create a lot of the prosperity that Birmingham experienced in the past and now, you know, still lives off of and thrives off of today. But it's specifically for black art, I have never, I have not, and maybe, you know, if I could be mistaken and just don't know. Maybe I'm just ignorant to it. I've not seen or heard of a specific event that's annual, that is strictly and solely based on celebrating black artists and black art. Now we have Birmingham Art Connection, I think we have Art Walk, Art Crawl. Um, there are a lot of festivals that happen, but it's just mainly about art in general, right? Or painters. I want one that is only about black art. And I could see it on a level of at some point, you know, if we were serious about it, could get to like an art base, is it art base or art basel in Miami that happens every year? Are you already familiar with that one? Okay. Like, I would like to see something like that um, in Birmingham. I also would love to, you know, possibly if that's in my future, to open up a gallery that's solely based on featuring, you know, underrepresented Black artists. Like, have a space where they don't have to try to shop their stuff in these galleries and make it so hard for them to get it, get their work seen. And, you know, have a space where you say you are welcome to come here or, you know, studio space as well. Have a, a safe place for people to create. Um, that alone is very important. If you don't have the environment to create, it can affect your creativity. Like trying to paint in a place that's super noisy or, you know, it's just a lot going on and hard for you to focus. So I would love to see something like that come to fruition in Birmingham. I guess to really shower and appreciate Black art in a big way. I feel like that's definitely something that's missing and needed just from yeah. <laughs> from this journey I've been seeing Larry go through and going through it with him. That's that's a big thing, especially the studio space. Because we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll be driving and see and it's buildings, like it's vacant buildings, you know, downtown and um, um, different other places we've driven by that we like. That would be a good space for for this, <laughs> you know. Right. So yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, something I wanted to ask, just to give kind of both sides of being an artist. So, what are some good and bad experiences that that you've learned from in the art business over the years? So, I think, um, yeah, the biggest lessons I've gotten is on the business side. Um, that's kind of where I end in my um, expertise 
and you know I found the need to go find some help and learn you know so I can actually run it because I actually run an LLC for my art business and I had this dream too I think early and I think I may have executed some things a little bit too early prematurely so um, if anyone can learn from my mistakes I would say this um, starting as an LLC is working out in my favor now but it's not necessary um, if you're just starting out, if you're trying to you know, be a full-time artist and live off of your art, I don't think that's something you need to do at the very beginning. Focus on just creating, I would say. You know, you can be a sole proprietor if you're trying to, go, you know, sell your work and make sure you know you can practice things like that. Get the LLC later. Uh, trademarking. I, I, sh I regret doing that today. I, um, it's very expensive. I, I did a federal trademark um, for my business name is actually Art Rx, right? LLC. And I had a vision very early, and I think I, it was an emotional decision. I thought I thought it through, but that's something I could have saved that money because I'm not necessarily using the trademark the way that I thought I would. It's not, I'm not more, I'm not merchandise based. I have a few pieces of merchandise, but that's not my sole focus. And if you are going to go the merchandise route and that be the bulk of what you're creating, then yeah, trademarking would be for you, I would say. And you don't have to do a federal trademark. Um, you can actually do a state level trademark, which would be as expensive. So you know, take with that what you will, but I learned the hard way. And I feel like I lost a lot of money doing that. Um, the biggest, I think, experience I also had, bad experience was, I got scammed. Do y'all know they have art scams? Like, I did, course, I did uh, which, 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 what kind of way? Which way? It's so many. Of well, them. Yeah. I'm, go I'm glad y'all knew because I didn't know what any of them. So, which you, there were some telltale signs, and I just I should have trusted my gut. You know, you gotta tell you. So there was a a guy who reached out by email through my website. So I have a website, and he sent an email. It sounded pretty legit. You know, he, he was interested in purchasing a commission piece and he sent pictures of said his wife needed some um oh it was for the anniversary. Well throughout the correspondence there was some wording that to me looked a little suspect. And I said, well, I don't know. Why is he talking like that? And you know I tried to get him on the phone and he was not getting on the phone. And I just I still tried, you know, I looked up the address he was giving me to write, like, is this real? Is this a real person? There was a real address, you know, in the location he said he was from. And it turned out to just be a scam, to be honest. Like, it got to the point where I was about to ship off some paintings. And he asked for a money, or he sent a money order. And apparently this is some kind of scam where... A person can send you a money order in excess of the amount of money you've requested to pay you. And they want you to send them the difference back. So basically, it's a bogus check. It's a bogus money order. And when you send the money, the difference back, that's the real money that they're getting. 
because they never gave you money in the first place. I ended up having to come out of my, like the bank, it was nothing they could do. And they were like, yeah, this is a scam. And I was like, I had no idea. And I I should have trusted, you know, my gut in the beginning. I was like, something's not right about this. But it happened early on. I learned my lesson. I said, well, okay. I was about to, I hadn't yet. Okay, well, thank God. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a hard pill to swallow. You know, when money is involved, you definitely never forget your lesson. So <laughs> I learned that. Um, yeah, that is that is terrible. People always yeah. inventing new ways to scam people. Like I, I never heard of that. That's that's crazy. Never. And it, it had a name. Like once I really found out, and the bank was very familiar with it. I guess because it happens a lot. You know, they get these money orders or. I wasn't really gonna watch it because <laughs> you know I really don't care for for uh uh what a lifetime type yeah, show. Yeah. Okay. When I got when I first was looking at it, I got glued to it. So of course married at first sight. So basically <laughs> Those who don't, those who don't know what Married at First Sight is, it's basically uh, people when they marry each other. That's the. Oh, you know, I was like Karen, baby girl, uh, like Miles is a catch, but you know, that's all we saw. Yeah, that's all we saw. Yeah, that's all we saw. Yeah, that's all we saw. A series where they were promoting black businesses like once or twice a month or something and they put in there you know hey if you want us to shout you out and send this but they weren't always um going to you had to get selected like i guess they were getting so much of like we'll choose what we want to you know i guess promote or can or feel like we want to do it and at first i think they were keeping these like they were saying send them to us we want your stuff and then I think it got so heavy that they were um, saying, you know, we might give some of this stuff away or just, you know, give it to other people, um, donate, but definitely shout you out. So I just reached out. I just sent an email. I found the information on the website. I mean, not the website, the channel. And it was just like, oh, I said, I can really email it back. I don't know. And I got an email back, I got a response, and she was open, uh, I guess, I say she, I'm assuming it was Armani. Usually it's us. Because, you know, what y'all gonna do? <laughs> Who not? So, um, we corresponded, and then I sent some items, and I sent their sizes, because she was like, yeah, I'm open, because I sent samples, you know, stuff. So she was like, yeah, I really like it. And so I sent that, and I was like, well, maybe I'll get some up, maybe I won't. We'll see. Because that was still, you know, what they were saying. And it just surprised. Like, one day, I was scrolling on YouTube, and I saw it. I said, oh, shh. Oh, <laughs> 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 let, let me watch my mouth. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I said, it's my shirt. <laughs> so, 
I watched the episode, I got excited, but when Woody actually sent me another message on Instagram and he was wearing it that day, he was like, I love this. He was giving me like feedback on the quality. He was like, it's a good quality. I really like it. It's soft. He was like, and I love white, you know, I love wearing white clothes and blah, blah. And I was like, he didn't have to go that far. Like, at this point, I said, oh, I believe you really like it. Like, I said, y'all would be yeah. nice, but I said, you actually like it. He's like, oh, no, no, I think it's real dope. I like it. And I said, that was super cool. So to have them, you know, be open to doing that for black businesses in and of itself, I think was great. Um, and for me to get the opportunity, but you have to take a chance on yourself, right? So that's something I also try to like encourage other people. I'm one of those, I'm not scared to be embarrassed. I, I try move on, I'm, I'm all right. And if something doesn't happen, it's okay. But take a risk on yourself, bet on yourself. Like, if you're not your biggest supporter or, you know, challenge yourself, I don't have, it's nice to have people in your corner and it's needed, you need support. But if you're not out there telling yourself, you know, why don't you try it? Give it a shot. You don't know what you're made of or what could happen for you. And I just, why not? Just try it. Who knows? And I love them, you know, as a couple. Shout out to Woody and Money. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That is so cool. So, since we're talking about social media, and and apparently it's been a big draw for you with with connections, and then you know just your marketing. Um, how have how do you think it's it's both helped like overall? Um, and has it? Do you see any drawbacks from it? Like, say the algorithms on on instagram you know mm-hmm. and how they're always changing so just trying to you know formulate like strategies to to meet those changes like what do you think about that overall yeah i think it's a mess and it gets on my nerves but, <laughs> <laughs> but this is where we are today right you're either going to have to just get in line if this is something that you want to do and uh, want to be successful in, you're going to have to embrace social media in some form or fashion. Now, for me, at the age I'm at, um, with the goals I have in mind, I'm not the kind of person that wants to make social media my main source of marketing. I think me getting out and getting into more shows, you know, like uh, local festivals, those type of connections to me are long lasting and word of mouth. Um, I don't want to just mainly put all my eggs in one basket because social media can leave it any day, just like it can. And the popularity can immediately be, you know, dwindle on one platform and now you got to go to the next. I don't want to be driven by that. However, I learned how to incorporate it in a way that I can handle it. Because it's, it can be daunting, a daunting task to sit here and have to know, you know, to post consistently, what to post to maintain some type of connection to an audience. Like you becoming a marketing strategist. And I didn't go to school for that. I ain't got time for this. Like, I'm over here. I'm sitting like, baby girl, I'm trying to like mix some colors and learn my primaries all over again. And I got to worry about what time this post is supposed to be on here on Wednesday and make sure that, you know, the next one now, did I respond to this comment and then I like our girl back. That is not for me. But again, I say, I also have to learn to embrace that. So, 
I'm giving y'all like how I feel about it, but I'm also one of those people that I'll do what I, you know, I'll do what's necessary for the success and the bigger picture. And even though I don't like it per se for personal reasons, like I don't want a personal page. I'm just not a person like that who puts my life out there. But I learned how to do it the best way I could and manage it. I'm not as consistent, I think, as other people. Um, but it has worked in my favor. I will give you that. And my main platform I've focused on is Instagram. And like you said, the algorithms, learning that, that's a real thing. Like knowing your analytics. I keep up with the traffic to my website through Google Analytics. Um, I try to focus on, you know, you got to know the wording to put in captions and hashtags to drive, you know, engagement and learning how they're changing it to get people engaged, to get your page seen. Because there are certain things now, I think if you don't post it a certain way, if you're a business account um, on Instagram, I went from a personal page to a business account. And now it's, a, it's to me, a more difficult for your page, I think, to come across people's feeds if they're not engaging with your posts. That's a whole thing, you know, posting in stories versus on your page versus the page. And then what Twitter is a good out uh, outlet. Um, I rejoined Facebook. So, Ashley, I feel you on that Facebook thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I had been off of Facebook for a long time and had no desire to go back. The only reason I even considered it was due to a lot of people in the art business that I met encouraging me. They kept saying, you need to get a business page. I get a lot of business from Facebook. And I was like, really? I mean, Facebook? Like, it was just, I was making it dramatic. But I I did create a business page. Um, I think that's a learning curve for me now. So I'm trying to link them all together so that you can, you know, post one time and it goes everywhere. And but maintaining a presence on social media, I think it's, it's very time consuming, but it does work in your favor if you learn how to work it and you have to be serious about, you know, putting in the time to do it. So it's beneficial. I hope that didn't sound like I'm trying to talk people out of it. Um, Oh, we, we want to know because especially on this platform because everything doesn't work for everybody so right. we like your take because it's a it's a slightly different take the biggest success i've had as far as selling my work i participated in um the spectacular black girl art show and this was in atlanta georgia mother's day weekend this year and i have been following this uh organization i say the past two or three years and it looked so, you know, intriguing. I'm like, that's dope. You know, just all black women and nothing but black art. And I guess whatever else they had vendors, but it was just strictly black women. And I said, hmm, I would love to get, you know, get a chance to be in that kind of show. I just wanted to just even be there, not even thinking about would I be successful. And I was, uh, I applied this year once, you know, after the, once they opened up to having a live show again. And I was selected, and they, you had to send a portfolio in. And by the way, FYI, Larry, they also do a spectacular black boy 
art show. Okay. Um, All right. I heard about that, so, and I think that one is in the fall. But um, I was selected and I went, and it was such a good show. It was a two day event. Um, I exhibited one day, but it was heavily promoted. There was a lot of traffic. Um, there were artists, black artists from all over the country who came to be in the show. So um, you definitely get a lot of exposure, but I sold like five paintings, which for artists to be at a show and sell more than one painting, is this counts for something. And for it to be black art, and for your own people to pour into your money, into your work like that, and nobody's there asking for discounts. Nobody's trying to negotiate. Yeah. Okay. Like, this is the price. Boo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some, I mean, we're not at the, don't get me wrong, I'm going to try to, you know, negotiate at a flea market or at an estate sale. That's, that's where you do that. There is a time and a place. But you're paying for someone's gift, you know. So I respect. I'm just going like, if that's the price, if I'm connected, I want it. I'm gonna do what it takes to get it. So for me to sell more than one painting in a day, I was like, oh, this is nice, and it just felt so good to see like my people wanted this work too, and they felt like it was worth it as well. Um, now I've had some other experience outside of just selling my work, like. I had a piece that uh, Rick Tigger, y'all familiar with him? The Israel. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. He has one of my pieces uh, back in the day. That was fun. I met him here at um, it was an event that Flyby, that clothing brand, they, used to, they were doing an event every year and I was a part of it that year and he was the host. Um, he received one of my pieces. That's just one of my favorite pieces. And I ain't gonna lie, low key kind of wanted that. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think, Larry, y'all know if you feel like this sometimes. My art can be like my babies. And you just, I get so connected. Mm. And I struggle with selling him. Like, I want to sell it. I'm here to try to sell it. I want you to want it. But then I'm like, I miss it. I want that. So, he has one. Um, and that was a dope experience. And there was, oh, are you familiar with Bree? Is it Bree or Brayley Evans? She's an actress that, I don't know. She's, I think the most recent show she was on was The Family Business on BET Plus or something. But there was a painting I recreated of one of the pictures I saw on her page. Again, social media, right? Saw it on her page. I just love the look of it, the silhouette. I recreated it and all I did was just, you know, shout out. I was like, love your um, work. I just hope you see it. She DM'd me I was like, I would love this painting. I want it. I gotta have it. <laughs> she ended up, yep. So she has that painting. Um, I thought that was super dope. She sent me a card in the mail about and said she loved it and all this. I was like, this is like pretty dope. You know, they have experiences like out this. Here. You just don't know. Definitely out here. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to get them right. I, I got my toes out there. Yeah, you, you, you try to downplay, but That's you out awesome. here. Yeah, I've had some dope experiences. I will say that. What 
So I know you talked about the recent um, art exhibit. What are you, what's your overall experience with other like art collaborations, and how do you find those relationships, and how do you uh, nourish them? I can't say that's something I've experienced yet. Um, collaborating is something I hope to do, and I do have there are two people for whatever reason that I feel I, I would collaborate well with. And so one is a local artist. Um, well, she's an artist by way of being a designer. And she is phenomenal. I don't know if you've heard of Kenya B or Kenya Buchanan, but she's a fashion designer. And she's also from Fairfield, Alabama. So shout out to Kenya B. If you ever need something, um, a custom made wardrobe, definitely go to her. Um, she would get you together, but we talked about collaborating in some way, like my visual arts with her fashion. I think that would be something just super creative to do, and I'm not even sure how and what we would do. Um, there's an artist out of Georgia, I think Melissa Mitchell. I just love her pieces. She's an abstract artist, but I think collaborating with her would be fun. She doesn't even know me, but if you ever hear this, Melissa Mitchell, we need to collaborate. <laughs> um, you know, put it out in the in, in the atmosphere, right? Our words have power, so thank you, Lord. Um, but outside of that, I've not experienced collaborations yet, but I'm open to it. There could be even a mural project I think would be fun to do with like other visual artists. You know, just getting a piece together. You know, we can all put our minds together, put our minds together to get our one image together, and you know, also incorporate your style into it, but in a way that it all meshes and is cohesive. That you still, you know, you're you're. I'm putting my style on it. You put your style on it, but we put something that we put our stamp on wherever it goes in the city. I think that would be something fun to do. Wait, you know, when you laugh, <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, that would be dope. <laughs> that would be dope. I like that. That would be cool. And I never hear mm -hmm. about people doing that. Like, it's murals, but I don't know if it was a collaboration or just one person. I don't know either. I don't know either. And maybe I just don't know because I'm not in a mural community. There's definitely a mural community here. Um, and it's possible. Maybe they are doing it, but... I don't think, again, I want a black art type in mural happening somewhere. Shout out to Jamie. Jamie, um, I, I, I don't want to mispronounce her last name, but she goes by I am Jamie the Artist on Instagram. She has a really dope mural, though, in downtown in Soho, Inslee. And, you know, it's an image of a black woman. Like, there are some murals that have been done, but... Not a few and far in between, I believe, that are like focused on black art. So, in wrapping up, what's the one thing that you want our audience to know about you? What would you want to leave with them? I would say to just always seek truth. And I know um, probably sound like I'm leaving you something that's in a part of a therapy session and not talking about art. <laughs> that is, <laughs> but that is something to me that I think what drives me in my art 
you know, and how I express myself. It's definitely an extension of me as a person. What I put on the canvas is more like a diary. So I'm letting you in a very sacred and special place. I'm not just putting things like, Larry, you picked up on my work is content-based. And that's true because I'm, I'm trying to connect to people. And I just want you to know that whatever it is that I put out, there's a purpose behind it. It's intentional. Um, it's meant to honor, respect, enlighten, make aware, or just maybe even cause conversation. Sometimes it's just to stir a conversation up that may be necessary. But that's me lending a voice. So when you see my work, I mean, I appreciate you appreciating what you see, but I, I appreciate even more what you feel and what you take away from it. So I just want you to know that I'm an artist for the people. I'm an artist with purpose. And um, it's something that I hope to leave here to inspire other people to also know their worth and that they have a divine purpose as well. Like, I hope it encourages you to say, okay, let me see what I can do. What is it that I have that I can give? So that's what I hope. I'm completely positive that you've certainly inspired, you inspired me just, just sitting here being the host. So I know that our listeners <laughs> will be inspired by your story and your, your accomplishments and, and really your motivation behind it all. You know, that you're really a person that's passionate about culture and um, really inspiring others. So I think that's, that's something that will definitely resonate with our audience. Can you let them know how we can find your work? Absolutely. So I can be found on social media, um, Instagram. My handle is art. So that's E theory, L-A-T-R-I-C-E-A-R-T. Um, my website is www.elatriceart.com. That's elatriceart, all one word. And um, also on Twitter and Facebook, elatriceart, at elatriceart. So please feel free to keep up with me. Um, I, I do try to keep my website updated. Um, there's merchandise. You guys have a few pieces of apparel. I'm getting into some lifestyle home decor pieces that are, you know, pulled from my personal designs and artwork, but also, also keeping my art pieces up to date as well. So if you want to purchase a piece of it, which is art, you better get there, honey, before it's gone. Before it's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we, we thank you so, so, so much for, for joining us. We were really excited about this particular interview, having met you in person. We we don't get that luxury with all of our interviewees. And just knowing your background and actually being able to physically see your work in person is amazing. And we hope that everyone will take advantage of the information that you just provided and, and follow you and stay up to date with you and we're just really appreciative that you came on the show today. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I appreciate you guys too. Please keep doing this. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful platform and, and voice that you're leading to creative. So blessings to you, Ashley, and all the endeavors that you are doing with your books, that you, your trilogy you got coming out. I see. That's pretty dope. And Larry, 
blessings to you and your work and, and the things, the pieces you put out are phenomenal. So I appreciate this opportunity greatly. Thank you. Your work also inspires us as well. Yeah. <laughs> so for okay. future um, for future episodes, um, you guys can follow and subscribe to Gifted Autonomy on Apple and Spotify. Also, um, as Erica mentioned, you can purchase my second novel, Autoscopy Online at Barnes & Noble. <laughs> If you're interested in time travel and historical science fiction, so definitely check that out. And until next time, we'll we'll talk to you guys soon. This this um, particular episode will drop later today, and we hope you guys enjoy it. So we're signing off. All right, see you guys later. Okay. Bye. Bye.